Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to our service um, at the Bethel this morning. It's my prayer that uh, you will each feel closer to God and to Jesus and to each other um, as a result of being here this morning. And thank you for being here. We're going to um, hear from God's word. We're going to sing some praise. We're going to pray together. Um, and like I say, hopefully come closer to him. Uh, and we're going to open our service this morning by singing from the hymn book 153. Lord, when we meet to worship thee before us, let thy glory pass. Um, this, this next hour that we're going to spend together, um, hopefully we're going we're gonna to come into God's presence and know his presence. And this, this really is a prayer um, that, that that's what will happen. So if you'll uh, stand and sing hymn 153 with me. Shall we pray? Our Father, that, that is indeed our prayer. Whatever, whatever sort of week we've had, whatever stresses and difficulties we've had to face, um, whatever challenges have been made to our faith and, uh, and to our beliefs and to the way we live our lives, whatever um, temptations we may have had, Lord, we pray that this this next hour may be uh, one of peace and one of um, being, being able to just be in your presence and, and come to know you better and just spend some time with you and with your lovely son. Father, we are very blessed to be able to be here this morning. We, we know there are people around the world who, who are persecuted for their love of you and Father, Thank you that we can that we can be here, meeting as a family uh, in a place of love, in your house, uh, to spend a bit of time just reacquainting ourselves and and refilling uh, our bottles with with your love and with your spirit. We pray that you will be here with us and that we'll know your presence this morning. And uh, Lord, just please bless us richly and accept our worship. Uh, as a, a kind of sweet-smelling incense rising to you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'll add my welcome to Neil's in particular to our visitors this morning. I've got a couple of specific items of care news, but as there's not much to say, I'd like to do two things. It's one of the great privileges of being on the managing committee that you get an insight into just how much love and care members of this church extend to people that we don't see very often, people who struggle with problems with their own health. And I wanted to thank you. And I also wanted to remind each one of us that there's a lot of stuff that happens under the surface in terms of care and uh, a pastoral witness, I guess, to people who need us most. And there are also secret things that don't get announced. And so try and remember in your prayers those people um, who carry and bear all sorts of griefs and sorrows that they're not able to share with us um, in this public way. Specifically, um, I think let's pray for Juan and Sylvia. Juan's um, been having a, a number of ongoing medical tests and investigations at the moment for his own health problems. And uh, we think too about Sylvia caring for her brother. 
Uh, Rob tells me this brother at the Liverpool City Church called Dan, who went into hospital a month ago for what was supposed to be a routine procedure. He's still there, so let's pray for him too. And remember the family of Zoe Dean, whose funeral happened this week. Thank you, Richard. We, uh, we're going to, to pray again, specifically about some of the things that Richard's mentioned. Um, now is your opportunity to, to mention anything else you'd like me to pray for while we're here together as our family. Right, thank you. If you'll just stay where you are, incline your hearts to God. And uh, let's pray. Father, as we've already said, it's a privilege to, uh, to be a part of your family, a part of this family here at Old Trafford. We, uh, we pray for your rich blessing on, on all the things that we've planned to do this week in your name, this weekend and beyond. Um, and we pray that you will uh, inspire us and strengthen us to do those things um, in, in an enthusiastic way that, that really uh, demonstrates to the people around us our love for you and your love for us and them. Uh, we pray for the plans for the youth weekend and we pray for uh, the young people who, who come to this church and who will come to this church to the weekend that you will um, reach out to them and touch them and let them know of your love as well. We, uh, we pray for Juan Pablo following his, uh, his recent illness and, and for Sylvia. Strengthen them, we pray, and help us to, to be with them. We pray for um, Brother Dan at Liverpool, still in hospital, and we pray that you will uh, be with the people caring for him, and if it's your will that you'll heal him quickly and restore him to his family and to his church. We pray for um, the family of our sister Zoe as they come to terms with her loss. Um, help them to know your love and our love and give them strength uh, in the coming weeks, we pray. We pray for the family whose child was knocked over in hit and run this week uh, as they also will be struggling to come to terms with something completely out of the blue. Um, help them to know your love and, and send, them, send them someone to demonstrate your love for them, we pray, and to comfort them. And we pray for Andy and Karen. Um, be with them, strengthen them, encourage them, and help them to know, as Rosie said, that, that we love them. And Father, we pray for our family here, for all who are struggling, um, for all who need encouragement and support. We pray that you will encourage us to, to be um, excellent family members and an excellent support to them. Um, help us to help us to serve them and help us to allow people to serve us as well. This this is a precious family, Lord, and, and uh, we pray for your constant and rich blessing on us as we try to to live our lives for you and to to be a light stand and a, and a demonstration of what what being a part of your family is like to those people around us. We're not always very good at it and we pray for your help with that. Um, and we pray for the help of your lovely son Jesus in whose name 
We offer this prayer now. Amen. I'd like us, if you will, to, uh, to stand in a moment and sing again. Uh, praise the Lord number 16. Holly asked if we could sing this, and I, I thought, God works, doesn't he? In, uh, yeah, and I believe he works when I'm planning my services. What Richard said, um, and Richard wasn't even supposed to be announcing this morning, what Richard said about um, the work that goes on caring for people in his family, I thought that was, that was very profound. We're going to sing, Brother, Sister, Let Me Serve You. Let me be as Christ to you. And this is an extension of that prayer that we just said. Shall we read together? The first reading uh, we're going to take this morning is from Isaiah, chapter 51. Um, and it's the first 16 verses. And Dave Fleet is going to come and read that for us. Thank you, Dave. Isaiah, chapter 51. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut, and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was but one. And I blessed him, and made him many. The Lord will surely comfort Zion, and will look with compassion on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the sound of singing. Listen to me, my people. Hear me, my generation. The law will go out from me, and justice will become a light of the nations. My righteousness draws near speedily, and salvation is on the way, and my arm will bring justice to the nations. The islands will look to me, and wait in hope for my arm. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, and at the earth beneath. The heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants die like flies. But my salvation will last forever. My righteousness will never fail. Hear me, you who know what is right, you people who have my law in your hearts. Do not fear the reproach of men, or be terrified by their insults. For the moth will eat them up like a garment. The worm will devour them like wool. <coughs> but my righteousness will last forever. My salvation through all generations. Awake! Awake, clothe yourself with strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in days gone by, as in generations of old. Was it not you who cut Rahab to pieces, who pierced that monster through? Was it not you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made a road in the depths of the sea, so that the redeemed might cross over? 
the ransomed of the Lord will return and will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. I, even I am he who comforts you. Who are you that you fear mortal men? The sons of men who are but grass. That you forget the Lord your maker who stretched up the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. That you live in constant terror every day because of the wrath of the oppressor who is bent on destruction. For where is the wrath of the oppressor? The cowering prisoners will soon be set free. They will not die in their dungeon, nor will they lack bread. For I am the Lord your God, who churns up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord Almighty is his name. I have put my words in your mouth and covered you with the shadow of my hand. I who set the heavens in place, who laid the foundations of the earth, and who say to Zion, you are my people. Wow, thank you David. We, we are the people of Zion by adoption, aren't we? And uh, it's another one of those passages that, that is just amazing in, in the way it says God made the whole universe and all the amazing things in it. Um, but he says to us, he's saying to us now, you are my people. Let's, um, let's sing again. One of my, you'll know this is one of my favourite songs. Um, who can know the mind of our Creator? Who has weighed the dust of every mountain and walked the mysteries of the deep? Who laid the earth on its foundations? It's our Father. And the third verse um, talks about Him reaching into our darkness, into our lives. The, the Creator of the whole universe reaches into our lives and has adopted us as his, as his sons and daughters. Let's uh, sing together, Who Can Know the Mind of Our Creator? What, a, what an amazing God we worship and just how he knows each one of us and knows our strengths, our weaknesses um, and what we can bring to, to his family. We're going to read again now. Derek's going to lead us in a moment in, um, in reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Ollie's asked if we would read this uh, before he speaks to us. Um, 1 Corinthians 12 and from verses 12 to 31. A wonderful chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 12. The body is a unit, which is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. It is with Christ. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cause to be. It would not, sorry, 
If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the, if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If there were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those help to help others, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I will show you the most excellent way. Well, um, I'm delighted to ask Ollie to come and encourage us. Good morning, everybody. Before I start, I have to say I was quite overwhelmed with this subject and it only took me to recently to focus it on some things. It was, I had so many verses and I didn't know where to go with it and this is just a bit of it. It's huge. I'm going to put up some bits that you can look into yourselves afterwards. I think I'm going to look into it a bit more myself because there's so much to do with this, this um, subject about we as a body. As you see, there's... Um, it's, it's, it's an interesting picture, but it sort of gives, gives you uh, the idea. That's all us, okay? So imagine that's your head, not anybody else's, okay? Um, and that's, that's what it is. And it's quite good seeing it on there, because rather than just all us people, you can see it in the shape of a body, and that's us with Jesus. So the body of Jesus Christ is a common metaphor used throughout the whole New Testament, or the New Testament by Paul, to refer to the unity of those who share faith in Jesus Christ 
also share fellowship with him and with each other. Okay, we're not going to look at all these individually, but here is um, sort of Christian scriptures that use a wide range of metaphors to describe the church. Okay, there's, there's the family of God the Father, there's the brothers and sisters with each other in God's family, it's also the bride of Christ, it talks about the body as the branches on a vine, it's an olive tree in itself, field of crops, the church is also a building. It's also the harvest, new temple and new priesthood with, new, with a new cornerstone. It's God's house, pillar and foundation, the truth, temple of the Holy Spirit, and what we're talking about today is body of Christ. Now those verses there, um, you can look at yourself um, in your own time, but it is a massive subject, and that's all part of it. There's lots of people, and there's lots going on there. We're going to start with Jesus, the head of the church. Now I've used a variety of different Bible versions um, and as I read all different verses in the different versions I found ones that seemed to, to work best so this one is Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 from the Good News Bible and so I tell you Peter, you are a rock and upon this rock foundation I will build my church and not even death will ever be able to overcome it so Peter, whose name means rock, was eager to learn. In himself, he still struggled with his human nature, fearing what others saw of him. But Jesus saw his love and strong conviction of his faith. Okay, the other, another one here is that, uh, Ephesians 1, 23. Uh, and just, just as before that, the church is built on a solid foundation and of Peter, and Jesus is the cornerstone. And there's a verse of First um, Peter 2, verse 4 to 6, which relates to Jesus as our cornerstone. Ephesians 1, verse 22, 23, I've read that from the um, God's Word translation. And it's God has put everything under the control of Christ. He's made Christ the head of everything for the good of the church. The church is Christ's body and completes him as he fills everything in every way. Um, Ephesians 5, verse 29 to 30, um, and to go with that, what we just read in the verse before that, they talk about Christ being the head as husbands um, of wives, loving her and caring for her as his own body, cleaning it and feeding it and caring for it, not hating it, but being there for it and nurturing it. And there are three verses on the bottom there, Colossians, Ephesians and another Ephesians. Um, Paul talks a lot about the body. These three passages relate to Paul talking about Christ, bringing us together from being alienated to God by making peace through the blood shed on the cross, breaking the barrier of hostility. So Paul is a servant of the body, which he rejoiced in his sufferings for, said, as we continue in our faith, by the hope of the gospel, coming to God in one spirit, we are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Jesus Christ. Okay, the unity and maturity in the body. Now, for this, this verse, at the top there, is the Amplified Version, which expands certain words a bit more. And verse 11, In this new creation, all distinctions vanish. There is no room for there, there's no room for, and there cannot, there's no room for, and there can neither be Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, nor difference between nations 
with the alien barbarians or Scythians or most savage of all, nor slave or free man. For Christ is all and is in everything and everywhere to all men without distinction of person. So God has given variety, which is why we're all so different. The phrase comes to mind, if you want something doing well, you just do it yourself. But not necessarily, because by us being all together, we bring unique skills and methods to the project at hand and will never be as good as when you do it together as a team. You can do something on your own, and that's really good, but by doing it as a team, you can all work together and complete something more effectively. So the word team in the acronym is Together Everyone Achieves More, and that works really well because there's no I in team and there's no I in body. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but it does work because if you do something on your own, it's, it's just clearly not going to have the same effect um, as you do something together. You can, all, you can all pass out your own gift that we're going to talk about a bit later. But as a team, you can each use that gift to bring you together. Now, I've got an acronym for body as well. It's not on there, but I'll tell you. It's building oneness develops yield. Okay, and that's not a bit but building oneness develops yield. As a unit, we can reap out a good harvest showing Jesus' love. So we can build the oneness together and we can develop what we bring back in by being together. So Ephesians 4, verse 2 to 6 from the NIV. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. The one body, the one spirit, the one Lord, the one hope, the one faith, the one baptism, and the one God. I think it's quite good when it comes together as, as seven altogether. So there's seven things that we all encompass, which is kind of like a perfect number. So it's a, it just feels nice to have all those things. And, and God says it's, it's a good number. But regardless of the number, it's all those things that we have together. Um, Okay, Ephesians 4, verses 14 to 16. That's from the NIV as well. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. For him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Back to our friend Peter, which also we read about in Isaiah 51, about um, being cut out um, of the rock. So Peter, who got out of the boat to walk to Jesus, he got scared by the wind and the waves. So it's like the wind and waves that, that, that we're tossed about by. And he lost his focus on Jesus. And we do the same in the world. I can easily go to work and let people say and do things and that will easily affect me and you feel completely blown back and you get home and you think, well, hang on a minute. Ooh. And you, you do lose your focus too easily and it's, it's not necessarily something that you can prevent permanently, but it's something that we can bring our focus back to by keeping our eyes on Jesus. But by stepping out of the boat, we have to do that. Because if you sit in the boat, you're not going to get anywhere. So it's trying to find a balance there. Speaking with truth and love, becoming the mature body in every respect of Jesus who is the head. There's a lot of responsibility 
here, isn't there? And unfortunately, it is hard sometimes when we get tossed about unwittingly and we need the other joints and ligaments to hold us and support us. So I had a challenging week this week and so I phoned Anna up and had a chill mug with her because I wasn't happy with my manager and other people and blah, blah, blah. But I need to deal with that myself. And, it, and it, it's not so bad. I had a chat with Anna because she knows about that sort of thing. And that's helpful. And I could have spoken to any of you, um, but I just spoke to Anna because there are people that can help you at different times for different things. And some people may not know about organisations. Other people might know about caring and how to do things. So there's different people for different things. And at the bottom there, you can see the key, key verses that we read in 1 Corinthians 12. This is from the message. Now, it's, it's a bit wordy and a bit different, but I'd just like to read it to you. You can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs and cells. But no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ, by means of his one spirit. We all say goodbye to our partial and piecemeal, little by little lives. We each used to independently call our own shots. But then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptised. Each of us is now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something more larger, more comprehensive. A quite different interpretation, but it still gives another angle to that passage. Not every version can give you every angle of understanding, but sometimes somebody else has put it in a different way and it it kind of sinks in a bit more. Um, Each part of the body, the eye, the ear and the foot, the limbs and organs, or specific roles to play. And the body is not complete without any of them. So we can't all be a Mike Wazowski and be one big eye. We have to be lots of different things together. So before I continue, Charles, I'd like you to watch this video, please. Okay, that's continued. It's called We Are The Body by Casting Crowns. Fantastic technology, it's got a bit lost, but not a problem. 
We watch it afterwards. So look forward to the end. Anyway, what you would have seen is at the end you would have seen a definition of asking lots of questions. And it's not to say when you watch it that the Bethel we don't do any reaching out and touching people. We do. But it's an incredible reminder of how powerful each of us are to each other and somebody else. Okay. We all travellers on a journey, each with our own burdens to bear, but as a body we can talk about them, and as the bride of Christ and of Jesus Christ, we can take the, his yoke upon us and rest. So it's really important to remember that it's from um, what Jesus was saying and maybe tonight will be helpful when you come and listen to the talk about worry. Okay, as you can see, our church in action and Christ's gifts. And this is from the uh, God's Word translation. And it's Romans 12, verses 1 to 8. Our body have many parts, but these parts don't all do the same thing. In the same way, even though we are many individuals, Christ may, makes up one body and individuals who are connected to each other. God, in his kindness, gave each of us different gifts. Your gift is speaking, God's word, make sure it's what you say agrees with the Christian faith. If your gift is serving, then devote yourself to serving. If it is teaching, devote yourself to teaching. If it is encouraging others, devote yourself to give encouragement. If it is sharing, be generous. If it is leadership, lead enthusiastically. If it is helping people in need, help them cheerfully. And uh, verse 26 of 1 Corinthians 12 said about us, um, if one part suffers, we all suffer, and if one part <coughs> rejoices and is honoured, we all rejoice and is honoured. Um, and on this next bit, we have got, let me call it, in a minute, you'll look at these first, and then I'll talk about the body works. Okay, this is from the Bethel Festival, which you would have looked at after the video, but this is fine. Okay, so that's our church in action and that's about the gifts that we've been given we've all been given different gifts and we could not pull that off without Liz who manages it without people that can go and talk to people without musicians without speakers without people writing different plays and different uh, metaphors and taking pictures and organising stalls couldn't do that without anybody with all the different gifts <coughs> so that is the puppet show and John doing his fantastic talky thing. And before you saw Martin talking, and you saw the cafe, and the, um, the people singing Zulu music, I think it was. Okay, this bit now is called Bodyworks. It's about that verse that we read, and it's got all the different parts. There are people who can talk prophecy, and Jesus showed them what he said. You've the apostles and disciples, like we can be followers, which we are, and we can help others to do the same. We can teach them. And there are people that make miracles happen. Now, I still believe <coughs> miracles happen today, but we just don't see it like a bit of magic. It's, it's deeper than that. You have gifted healers that can help people and the Bible says about the leaders coming to pray around somebody who's sick. You've got helpers and servers. The smallest jobs sometimes are the biggest things, and they can aid those in need. You have people that can speak other languages, that's really helpful, because sometimes you can go to a, a church and you don't know who, who, 
who the language is or who they are. And sometimes having a translator, if you go to another country, or some form of translation, you can help bring you together rather than just being alienated, sitting there and knowing what's going on. And we've got administrators, people managing church offices and different roles. And each member is not just valuable, another part of that, but vital to the functioning of Christ's body, staying healthy and alive by each member exercising their unique blend of God-given spiritual gifts. And lastly, about encouraging each other. Hebrews 10, verses 24-25, in God's Word translation, we must also consider how to encourage each other to show love and to do good things. We should not stop gathering together with other believers, as some of you are doing. Instead, we must continue to encourage each other even more as we see the day of the Lord coming. It's not all about filling seats and maintaining good attendance, percentages. Obviously, it helps being there, but sincerely, just communicating with each other. Getting to a talk about activity really makes you get stuck in and feel however small or large the task seems. Doing them together can itself be more encouraging. Now, I'd love to come to everything at the battle, but it doesn't always happen due to circumstances and things. But if you just get to talk to people or get to an activity or do something, it's better than nothing. And you're doing your part for the church. As now we remember that we are the body, one with our Lord Jesus Christ, we can enjoy, and we want to enjoy this meal, this meal that we're having now, together, following his fantastic examples of love and faithfulness. Now, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16 and 17, from the Good News Version, says, The cup of which we use in the Lord's Supper, and for which we give thanks to God, when we drink from it, we are sharing the bread of Christ, and the bread we break when we eat it, we are sharing in the body of Christ. Because there is one life of bread, all of us, though are many of one body, we share in that same life. And for a summary of what we've gone through this morning, and then we'll try and get the video working. I'm sorry if it doesn't. It is on YouTube if you want to look at it. Okay, so from the top then, um, we're all one body in Christ. We're many parts and different roles. It's individual responsibilities, but a team delivery. Together, everyone achieves more. Building oneness develops yield. Church built on Peter the Rock, and by his failings, we can see that he also was strong, so we are strong too. And faith in Jesus and share fellowship together. Thank you, Ollie. Uh, yeah, thank you, Ollie, for your words of encouragement about us, the body. Um, each of us, uh, a different part of the body with different um, skills and riches that we bring to the family. But the body needs its head, and Christ is the head, isn't it? And if you, if you think of the, um, the kind of modern medicine uh, picture of this um, we can keep we can keep a body going, keep it ticking over without the brain working without the head, we can keep it alive but that body doesn't have any life we need our head don't we, to have, to have life and to be effective and to um, to interact with, with the world around us and um, if as a, as a church as a body we've lost our head 
then we're not going to achieve anything. We're not going to uh, be a force. Um, we're not going to have a purpose. We need uh, our head. And we're going to sing a prayer now um, before, we, before we come to the focus of the service, which is obviously um, remembering our head. Um, we're going to sing, Jesus, be the centre, be my source, be my light. Jesus, be my vision, be my path, be my guide. Uh, Jesus needs to be the fire in our heart. He needs to be the, the life force that keeps this body alive. Just read again one of the verses that, um, that Ollie used just at the end there from First uh, Corinthians 10. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. We're going to share this meal together now. We're going to break bread and drink wine to remember our head, our life force, um, and the amazing gift of love that he gave us uh, when he died for us. I've asked Charles if he'll come and lead a prayer for the bread and the wine. So if you just remain seated. Father God, we've been thinking about how we each make up a part of this body. And we see ourselves, our own face on that body, which makes up the body of your Son and our Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for calling us to be part of it. Thank you that you've asked us to use whatever gifts we have to make it whole and to make it complete. Father, as we sit here now and think about our place in that body, may we commit to, to bringing what we can, knowing that it is enough. You just want us to do what we can. And we come now to focus on the head of that body, our Lord, through these symbols of bread and of wine. And we pray that as we take them, and as we think about all our different lives, we will, we will find him to be our vision. We will find him to be our guide. And we will find him to be our pathway. Amen. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfilment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink, it, drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. So let's share this bread together and remember Jesus' body broken for us. Let's share the wine and remember his blood shed to cleanse our sins, to, to uh, bring us closer to his Father, to allow us to have forgiveness and a relationship and to be um, part of the body of Christ. I want to say thank you to you all for being here, for being part of my family. Uh, but thank you especially to... Um, Ollie, 
for his thoughts, for everybody who's helped by reading and praying, for the band, for beautiful music. We're going to close shortly. Travis is going to lead our prayer after we've sung um, from Praise the Lord number 61. Jesus, our head. Jesus put this song in our hearts. He taught us how to live in harmony. He taught us how to be a family. And he's turned our sorrow into, into a dance. His Father reached into our lives, into the darkness of our lives, and brought us into glorious light in his presence by, by what Jesus did for us. So let's uh, sing his praise as we close. You taught us a song, Jesus. Not just the one we've sung, but a song of how we live our lives. And he taught us to live in love. He taught us to live together. He taught us to live as a family in harmony. And we so want to do that. But we can only do it through you, through your love, through your strength. As we leave this place today, there's going to be all sorts of things that will get in our way of doing that. Might be worry, might be our jobs, might be our circumstances, might be all sorts of things that get in the way of us remembering that you, Jesus, are our centre. Help us, however you do it, to stay focused on you and the love we have for each other. Because if we do, everything will be fine. Thank you, Father. Thank you for again providing for a time of refreshment, a time of being aware of you and of your love and of your greatness. We couldn't live without it. Continue to bless us, please. Amen.